Hey, welcome back to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church podcast, where we have conversations about leadership, we get behind the scenes of church life, and we dig into what it looks like to follow Jesus as we find our way together. Please join me in welcoming our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. It's been an exciting season around Southridge for the last four months or so because we've got to the completion of what we call an elder appointment process. Uh, Those of you listening from other churches, I'm sure, have boards and have processes to appoint those board members. So we're excited to hear from a couple of them that we've appointed uh, for today. I want to welcome back Shane Ritzma. Shane, thanks for being here, man. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be back. We were uh, reviewing that uh, there was a conversation we had in this format uh, literally years ago during the pandemic where you participated uh, in our podcast. So I'll say welcome back, but uh, it's been a while for sure, hasn't it? Yeah, it has been. It feels like a lot has happened. A lot has changed. Um, yeah. I mean, like time usually does. It just flies by and you look back, and you're like, wow, where did it go? So, um, but yeah, it's great to be here again. Can you, uh, can you update, uh, those of us listening just on kind of who you are your background, what, what your family life is like and all that stuff, just so we can get to know you a bit better. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, I have a wife named Michelle. We have four kids, Mason, Leah, Allison, and Tice. Um, we run a family greenhouse in Niagara Lake. I've been doing that for close to 20 years. Um, yeah, I mean, we live in St. Catharines, attend the Glenridge location. Um, been involved there for a number of years, so um, been been loving the journey we've been on raising kids there and um yeah excited to kind of keep that going you uh kind of vaulting into the role of elder have played a number of leadership roles over the years can you describe a few of those yeah um i mean back in the day when we had the, the north end location um I got involved in setup and teardown, which then led into actually through the guidance and help of Ed Wilms getting involved into leading life groups and involved there. Um, and then beyond that, while leading life groups, I got involved in worship uh, with Jeff Martins, Tom Lowen, and Fowler with some leadership there. And then I think recently within the past five years, I've been a once a month worship leader at Glenridge. Um, have moved around years past to different locations leading there. Um, all the while still leading life groups with my wife, Michelle, um, even dipping my toes into helping out with the youth programs. Um, yeah. And now this, so, um, done a little bit of a bunch of things and, uh, excited to see what's, uh, what eldership has in store. Yeah. And, and, uh, I know that your choice to even kind of let your name stand, participate in the appointment process uh, was in in some ways a, a bit of a reflection of your spiritual journey of late. Do you want to talk about that? Some of the things you've just been reflecting on and what you've sensed from God lately? Yeah. Um, I think within the last six months, um, the involvement I've had in church has been amazing. Um, and But all the while feeling something just stirring, being like, you know what, feeling the calling of doing something different within the church, not really knowing what that looks like. Maybe it's an anchor cause. Maybe it's a men's group. Maybe it's just helping out in the kitchen, um, Norm's place. I didn't really know. And uh, I guess what was really stirring was the sense 
that I just needed to be open to be used however God wanted to use me. Um, I feel like, I kind of said this in my interview, but I feel like I'm kind of halfway through life. You know, you're at that, that 40 year mark that I'm not going to call it a midlife crisis because it's not at all, but um, you kind of reflect and I want to be open to to how God wants to use me kind of on the second half of my life. And um, I just want to, you know, use my gifts the best I can in our community at Southridge, whatever that looks like. And that God, I guess, had a plan for me to end up here. So this is where I am right now. Yeah, it's neat to hear you reflect on uh, first half of life, second half of life at turning 40. I turned 50 a few months ago. So I, uh, I was convincing myself that that was the switch from first to second half of life. I guess not. <laughs> oh, that's wow. funny. Um, you know, one of the things we, we discuss in the actual appointment process is this concept uh, that the New Testament refers to as aspiring to eldership. And that's kind of a weird concept. Uh, and I know we talked to you a little bit, you know, in the interview process about that. Can you comment on the degree to which you would resonate with aspiring to eldership or the degree to which you never considered it or wouldn't have had anything to do with it? Yeah, I, I'll be honest. It wasn't really on my radar, but I think um, through the amount of life experiences I've had, whether at work, whether through personal things, um, I think that kind of led me to an area It was like, you know what, I have something to contribute something to give, um, whether or not the rest of the eldership sees that. Um, and I think just with those things and the path that I've been on, um, it's kind of led me to a point of, you know what, the way my heart has been shaped for our community, I think, um, being in this community for the last 16 years at least, um, has given me a real sense of who we are, even though it's, it is changing slightly, but the, the core of who we are being a missional church and a church that, you know, reaches out and um, for the marginalized and to be more inclusive. Um, I love that heart posture. I love, I mean, we might talk about this later, but my, my one thing is I love the boldness of our church. And um, that kind of got me to a place where I'm like, you know what, these are my people, like this is my family and if this is where God wants to have me, then this is where I want to help. So, Yeah, it's, a, it, it, it's interesting when you talk to, to prospective board members who are willing to, to kind of let their name stand and, and participate in the appointment process or at least participate in the, the interview stage of it, almost to a person, no one's really aspiring you know, to, to the role, like I've got to become yeah. this role. I've got to have the title or the the position or, or whatever. From a servant's perspective, though, I've I've heard someone in a previous era say, you know what, I love my church, and I want to make sure because this is such a critical role. I want to make sure that it's no worse than me. And <laughs> I, I, you know, you yeah. haven't said that, but it's almost sort of that spirit of of hey, I just want to see if this is a place where God wants me to contribute, knowing that if there's better than me, great. Um, if not, then I'll, uh, I'll lend my shoulder to the plow. And, uh, I, I guess as you were discerning this in your kind of pre-board member understanding, what, what did you kind of feel like, or, or believe elders to do that you felt like you could help support? 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I think the supporting side of things is really, for me, it's just a continuation and the expansion of the heart of Jesus um, to support um, digging as deep as we can as a community of believers uh, to truly tap into the love and mercy that brought Jesus to the cross. I think that's how I would support. Um, I mean, I'm learning, and I've heard in the past too, you know, the role of an eldership or an elder is to to direct and protect the church and act as guardrails. And um, there's a lot of things that kind of go along with that. But I guess the main thing for me to support is just, you know, the heart posture of, of who we are as a church. Yeah, the guarding, the, the you know, the way the scriptures talk about guard your heart, that's sort of you're doing the corporate version of that, right? As a guardian, guarding the heart of, of, of who we are, which is, which is certainly significant. Uh, I'm wondering by way of preparation, you know, talked about kind of being in a new season, maybe God preparing you for that, um, you know, from a suitability perspective or even from a, a familiarity, getting to know you perspective, you mentioned a few different leadership roles. I'm wondering even specifically about something like a life group where you do play like a mini pastor type of role for, I think you were a life group leader for, you know, eight or 10 or so years. What, what would an experience like that or some of these other leadership experiences have taught you or how would they have prepared you to now play this guardian role of the whole church and its heart in the way that you're describing? Yeah. Oh man. I think it's, uh, it's, it's a daunting task, I guess, when you don't feel like you're equipped to do something like that. But, um, I guess what I've learned over even being a part of life groups is, um, you might not have the answers, but you can definitely be a shoulder for someone to, to lean on and, um, someone just to be there a listening ear, um, you know, yeah, pastoring wouldn't be something that I say I did. Um, but really, it's just journeying with people through things and um, knowing that, yeah, letting them know they're not in it alone, that we're all kind of, we all have our own things and um, we all bring our brokenness. And if, I mean, as a community, that's the beautiful thing. Like we, we all bring our brokenness together, um, knowing that God isn't leaving us in that. And that knowing that when we lean into him, he can turn that brokenness into such beautiful things. And um, yeah, I guess that's what I've learned kind of, I guess, as an overseer um, eldership role that uh, is just, yeah. Sorry, I totally lost where I was going. No, it's interesting. Like when you talk about even in the life group, you know, one of the things I'm hearing is, is the difference between facilitating a program that other people consume versus activating and enabling everyone to share in the life of God together. Mm -hmm. And certainly as a board member, you're not just, you're not just overseeing a nonprofit that delivers services that people consume. You're overseeing a movement of collective people kind of in a potluck way, allowing the spirit of God to flow. And, uh, certainly that's a a, a different perspective than typical board roles that I think something like leading a life group and a little microcosm can, can prepare for, I guess, similarly, um, you know, you've gotten involved in leadership and, and now ownership of a business. Talk about how some of that 
marketplace and, and professional experience has equipped you for a role like this? Yeah, I mean, you learn a lot when you're um, in business. You learn, you know, what you did wrong, what you did maybe right, um, especially in a family business. There's a lot of dynamics between personalities. There's a lot of um, emotions involved. There's um, so many different levels and layers to navigate, I guess. And But it's along the same lines as, you know, we're all in this together. We want the same outcome. So how do we find a middle ground where we can all, you know, make this move forward, knowing that we all bring something different? Um, and so how do we kind of go alongside each other and if you're not good at something but I'm better at this you know helping each other out where one may be weak and the other may be a bit stronger um, it's a lot of teamwork um, and for yeah for family business you learn you know when to push a little bit harder and when to to sit back and you know what maybe let thing let the smoke settle a little bit and um, take a little bit of caution and um, it's, it's always this ebb and flow year to year. And, you know, there's so many moving parts and so many things that can change. It's, but it has taught me a lot of, you know, not only business stuff, but a lot of, of personal things on even how to, how to bring people together to get things done. Um, pulling out, you know, the potential in people, um, building off of that to create a good teamwork environment. Um, so yeah, I, I've learned a lot. I guess, in those aspects. Well, what's interesting when you talked about your business experience being of a family business, you know, that certainly is a, a feature of what is probably most significant in church work, especially as a board overseeing the, the employees the most, the, the, the paid staff, that, you know, the, the work of the organization, as important as it is, at sub-level isn't primary. The underlying relationships and the kind of the covenantal nature of us as a family is 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 undergirding that. And in a lot of ways, what you're protecting the most. And so you're trying to do the business from the perspective of maintaining that family identity. And that's what I'm sure makes family business tough. That's what makes church work tough. And I think will be a real, uh, real value to, to bring. I'm wondering, you know, as you consider the board, you've, you've now, after being approved uh, last week, you've participated now in a bit of a retreat, gotten to know some of the board. Um, what, what kind of diversity are you seeing yourself already starting to bring to some of the conversation and thinking? Um, I guess the diversity is, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm a bit younger, maybe... Um, I haven't had necessarily maybe all the experience that a lot of people have had that are on the board, but what's neat is kind of everybody has a different, um, I guess, different attributes, but also they have a lot of different um, things that they were doing before they joined the board. Like, you know, you got teachers to therapists to, um, you know, university profs to um, business owners to, you know, and... I'm hoping to try and to bring some younger eyes, I guess, to that. Um, I'm not sure how that will really play out. I know I have a lot to learn, and I, there's some very—I um, don't want to use the word strong—but there's some 
people in our eldership that have some amazing things to say and the, the insight they have. I know I have a lot to learn from that. So, um, yeah, the diverse side, I think that, um, yeah, just the business side of things, the youth and hopefully the, the amount of involvement I've had in different aspects of the church can, can help uh, bring a few different things to the table as well. You mentioned that, you know, you're moving into this role, you call it governance, uh, the oversight of the whole community. Obviously, governance is different than any other kind of ministry and even different than management or any any hands on operational leadership. Uh, You use some terms already about directing and protecting anything else that you uh, kind of wrapped your head around so far when it comes to understanding governance and the, the uniqueness of that kind of contribution. Yeah, I think for me, um, I guess from a, I bring this from a business perspective is more of a managerial side of things where it's like, you know, you have something and you, you need to find a way to fix it. Whereas the governance side, I'm finding it's a lot more, um, you know, overseeing, making sure the church is aligning its values and hearts with that of Christ. Um, and it's a lot less of, I guess what I'm used to is, you know what, if you know you how to fix something, let's go ahead, you know, what's our tactic, let's take care of it. Um, but it's a lot more, I guess, just having your your pulse on what is going on at each location, you know, what are people thinking, how's the vibe? Um, so it's not a necessarily as much action I'm learning as it's just, you know, more digging into how's the vibe, how are people feeling at church? Um, what can I learn from what people are talking about? Um, so some more stuff like that, I guess. Yeah. And just so that we're clarifying the difference between governance and just spectator, you know, sideliner, um, in even your early experiences now, how have you seen the role of governance as critical? Like well, for a person, either from another church listening or one of our members who's never kind of sat around a board table, what, 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 why is governance so important and what, what does it actually provide or contribute? Yeah, I, I don't know. I just keep going back to the guardrails. You know, um, it can, um, it's accountability. It's um, making sure you know, the mission of our church isn't shifting. It's making sure, you know, if we're setting out to be inclusive, what does that look like? How are we, you know, getting that done, I guess? How does that look? Um, so I guess that's where the governance side is, is just making sure that we're on track with the mission of the church and just kind of keeping it within those, those guardrails to get there. Along those lines, uh, you know, when you talk about protecting the heart and kind of keeping the heart aligned with the the heart of Jesus, um, kind of talking or starting with your own experience, like what do you love about the church and even particularly Southridge? You talked about earlier the, the boldness of it, but just give a bit of the window into your own heart for the church. Yeah. I mean, I think our church at Southridge has something so unique, um, being grown up or growing up in, in different churches, it, and I'm sure more people can attest to this, it's more of a Sunday checklist thing. You know, you do your duties on Sunday and the rest of the week is um, you can do whatever. And at, at Southridge, you can just get that sense of heart and that desire. 
that the shift changes from this is not a Sunday thing to it's a 24-7 lifestyle that um, that there really no there isn't no us and them it's um, it's looking at all of us equal um, and seeing others through the, the lens that God would have that Jesus would have that um, that we need each other that um, we weren't called to just take care of our own you know, demographic, I guess, uh, that God came, you know, and just completely turned what it looked like to, to love people upside down from how people saw it back in the day. And I'd love our church to just be that as well, to just be um, a church that, you know, goes beyond themselves to love people that are complete outsiders, that people... Um, who never thought they could feel the love of Christ to 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 be like, oh man, like, am I really loved like that? Um, and to just be just to be real with people, like, that's I guess we're all in this together, and you know we're all blessed with so much. And when you realize how much you're loved by God, you can't hold that inside of you. And you, you the heart of Southridge is to just keep exuding that to the people around us that need to, to know that the most. Hmm. Certainly that's a compelling and a, a, a positive perspective of the church, um, knowing that so many people, even people listening, have experienced pain through the church. What would you say specifically to someone who's listening and feeling like giving up on it, that it's supposed to make sense of Jesus, but because of the way it doesn't, I'm going to tap out. Yeah, I think, <laughs> yeah, the church does not have a good track record with that. Um, uh, and it's easy for people who have been hurt by the church, I guess, to kind of um, compare that church to almost like what God's character would be like. And then all of a sudden have this view of God, like, well, why would God let that happen? And um, that's where the church has got it completely wrong. And that's, that's you know, bad on us. Um, and I don't know if there's any perfect right answer, but it's, it's honestly healing. It takes time to, to get through things that have hurt that bad. Um, and yeah, the amount of time it would take to reset and to recover. Um, I do believe that at, at some level, God can bring some kind of beauty from the mess that happened whether we see it now or later, like, um, yeah, I just, I know the church has got it really bad and um, it just, the healing side of things is so delicate and it just takes, every individual, you know, has, goes through something different and it just takes a unique amount of time for each person and hopefully at some point, um, or at least at Southridge, I hope we can do that better where we can um, not be the ones that are pushing people away and, and somehow hurting people, that, but we can admit that we are just as broken and that um, we need each other. I know that you pay attention to more than just Southridge. Uh, and so when you look kind of across Niagara or across Canada or beyond, Kind of where do you see the church at these days? What's it wrestling with? What opportunities are in front of us? Give us a bit of the state of the union of the church at large. Yeah. Um, 
I'm not completely in tune with what's happening nationally. I mean, I, I have cousins in Winnipeg, and I know what they're wrestling with in um, a more traditional church. And quite honestly, they're wrestling with the same things that we're wrestling with around here. Um, with being inclusive, what does that look like? Um, to me, this is not a conversation that's going anywhere. Um, if it doesn't happen in your church in this, these five years, it'll happen in the next five. Um, but I think across the board, nationwide, I can see this being a conversation um, of how do we love better if we call ourselves a church of Christ, you know, like followers of Christ, you know, how do we resemble that love of Christ better? It's, it's an unavoidable conversation. Um, I think maybe more locally, personally, I know of um, other churches and even organizations that are navigating these situations as well. And quite honestly, it's dividing churches, schools, probably families. It's, it's, it's awful. So I, I don't, I believe it's not going anywhere. That's why I love, like you said, um, the boldness of our approach on this. It's, it's something we're facing head on and um, it's, you can't just sweep this under the rug and pretend that it's not going to be a conversation or we can ignore it. Like if we really call ourselves the hands and feet and try to be the heart of Christ to those around us, this is something that has to be addressed. Um, these are people. These are, you know, people made in Christ's image. These are people that are loved by God just as much as we are loved by God. There's nothing that we're doing any better than what these people are doing um, that we would be, um, that we would, you know, be more, I, what's the word I'm looking for? Be more accepting, I guess, of God's love than what they would be. Mm -hmm. Certainly, you know, in our context, it gives us hope and optimism that the love beyond belief framework that God's established among us is something that, as one of our board members said recently, we can spend less time defending and more time proclaiming and uh, really letting love be, be foreground. Um, kind of in that vein, as we're kind of winding up, you had said earlier, you know, you, you've aspired to the degree you have to eldership at Southridge because you see potential in our community. You believe in the heart of our community. You want to protect that heart uh, and are, you know, talking about the, even now the, the power and the potential of the heart of Christ's love expanding. Where else do you see opportunity for impact in the coming days and seasons you know, even as a local church, specifically at Southridge? Um, I, I Honestly, man, I see opportunity everywhere. Uh, I feel like our church is at a point now where, you know, we have, like you said, we, we've made some moves. Now, how do we proclaim this? And I love what Annie said uh, in a couple of podcasts ago about the shelter too. And she said that, you know what, right now, like, the harvest is plenty and you can look around and you can find a way to expand the love of Christ, to be more inclusive, whether it's, um, you know, being involved at any aspect of, um, you know, the homeless to the migrant workers, to um, the kitchen and well end, to even showing up for the barbecues and getting to know some people um, anywhere you look, there is opportunity and that's what's beautiful is I feel like now we're in a season where the people who are at Southridge 
are ready to go. Um, I think that, you know, we're here to, like the other elders said, we're here to start proclaiming um, this and not just saying it. So um, I think if you have your eyes open anywhere in any aspect of our church right now, there's opportunity anywhere you look to, to do this. Anything that scares you about the future? Any, any you know, sort of frightening challenges that you see coming in the, in the ensuing months? Um, yeah, I think still there's ways to, we need to look at navigating this. I think there's still a few unknowns. Um, I really hope that for people who have been feeling on the outside, that we can walk alongside them, that for some people, yeah, we didn't move fast enough to be inclusive. Other people, we moved too fast. So that's a tension that you need to try and um, to, to do, to figure this out in. And it's, it's not easy by, for sure. Um, but I feel like the people who are in this and who have the heart of Southridge um, will be patient with that. It doesn't matter what side they're on. And um, that would be one of the challenges I think that we would um, probably have in front of us, just seeing how that plays out, um, yeah, across all of our locations for, for um, people who are still kind of figuring it out, I guess I would say. Hmm. Yeah, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of ways that we can detangle and continue to express that moving forward. Um, appreciate you being here as we wrap things up. You know, you think about leaders from other churches who listen in, let alone our own members. Any final thoughts or encouragements uh, to everyone listening as you step into this role on our board of directors as an elder here at Southridge? Yeah, um, I would just say that like the what I've seen from being exposed to the eldership just in a, in a brief time is if you don't know the elders or the people who are behind the scenes, to some degree, I'll say that these people are so uber passionate about this church, about um, how Southridge can really be the full potential of what the heart of Christ looks like to those around us. Um, these are people that are not just behind the scenes praying for you, um, you know, helping guide our church, but uh, there are also people who are, you know, at each location being involved, whether, I mean, Pat was in the band on Sunday and there's, there's people who are praying at the front of the stair or the church and there's, there's people helping out in all the ministries. Um, so I really, really admire that about um, the eldership as one. Also, I do really believe that God's up to something really awesome at Southridge and we need to lean into that. Um, you know, when you come out of challenges that really does strengthen and deepen your faith, um, God is always moving, whether we think we see it or not, he always is. Um, and just really hoping that we can lean into God enough to see how he has been faithful to our community. And just, a, I guess, a last encouragement for all of us who call Southridge home to, to really lean into that, you know, how can we get behind this? How can we be the hands and feet of God to those around us? 
um, and how can we expand his kingdom uh, where we are right now? Super encouraging, Shane. Appreciate you being here and uh, excited that you've uh, jumped in with both feet to be part of our boy. Going to be a fun season ahead. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Looking forward to it. And uh, to all of you, thanks for tracking with us again today. We'll see you in about seven days' time as we continue finding our way together. Take care, everybody. Bye.